This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, guess what? Here it is. Mariner's Pod is back. Yes, I, I am aware. It has been seemingly forever, but here we are. Mariner's Pod, the return. I think I'm going to name this episode finally, because uh, finally, here we are. It has been a weird year, I think, for everyone in every respect, so you can add this to the mix. This uh, was not planned to be this long of an absence, but here we are, and the season is obviously underway. I feel like we have a million things to catch up on, and we will. It's just going to take us some time. So I think in this first one, we'll hear from Justin Hollander, assistant general manager. We'll kind of talk about the beginning of the season, me and Aaron Goldsmith. And also we'll have Shannon Dreher chatting with J.P. Crawford, who's obviously off to a sensational start. So that is going to come our way in a few minutes as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend, but we'll have more time to catch up on everything that's been going on. The Mariners losing two of three to the A's over the weekend. They play again tonight against the A's, another four-game wraparound series. So that's happening. Uh, most significantly yesterday, Kyle Lewis extended his hitting streak 10 games now, which is just pretty ridiculous overall. The 0-1, swing and a high fly ball deep into the gap in left center field. Laureano going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball, and that's the way to extend your hitting streak to 10 games. Kyle Lewis way out of here beyond the Mariners' bullpen in left center field. His third home run of the season. It's now a one-run ball game. It's the A's three and the Mariners two. Holy smokes, Kyle crunched that pitch. From Use Merrill Petit. Yeah, he's rolling. What a great start. We'll talk more about that with uh, Justin Hollander coming up in a couple minutes. We'll talk more about Kyle Lewis, too, as we move through this week and play a little catch-up. Mariners losing yesterday 3-2 to two in day baseball. Losing the day before on Saturday 3-2. to two, A couple of one-run narrow losses. There are some moments in both those games that really could have gone the Mariners' way, especially on Saturday uh, before extra innings when Mariners had a golden opportunity in the ninth to win that one uh, yesterday. Just a, a couple of home runs for the A's to have made the difference. Just one swings in both games, and that's that's been it. It's been razor close in this series so far against Oakland. 6-10 pitch tonight as the Mariners wrap up the series against the Oakland A's. Then the Angels come in for three. 7-10 Tuesday, 6-40 Wednesday, day baseball, 1-10 Thursday. Then the Rockies for three more games next weekend before the Mariners head back onto the road. They head to Texas. Uh, they'll see the Rangers, the Astros, the Dodgers on a road trip, and then back home after that. So, again, 
Uh, sorry for the long wait. We are back. The plan is to be more consistent here as we sprint through the next couple of months, so you can count on that. In the meantime, here's our conversation with Justin Hollander. Justin Hollander. Justin, man, it's great to have you. How are you? Great to be here. Decided step down from J.P. and Emerson. Sorry about <laughs> this. <laughs> you know, on the mag, Justin, we like to cover all angles of baseball, so you, pick, you fill a perfect void for us. Hey, uh, first of all, uh, what has this, before we talk about what you thought of the team and what's going on at Tacoma and all those things, I'm, I'm curious, just from an observer of the game and somebody who is, of course, so uh, woven into the Mariners and your role, what has the first week and change been like for you as an observer of baseball and, and how you've been consuming this game very differently? It's been awesome. I, I think everybody is around the game as much as we are. You really miss it when it's gone, especially at times of the year when you've had it in your life for so long. Uh, so it's been unbelievable. It's been fun to watch games at night, to watch our players, their energy, uh, watch them have fun. Uh, and to have baseball on at all hours of the day has been great. Uh, from my perspective, obviously, you're just trying to make sure that you're, that you're monitoring everything all at once, make sure you're on top of every roster and make sure you know who can pitch and who's healthy and who isn't uh, because things are moving fast right now. And, and in some ways, we're making up the rules as we go. Uh, so I just want to make sure that I know what rules we're making up as we go. I'm curious on the field because I always feel like the first week of baseball is so difficult in terms of reaction because we haven't had baseball in a long time. And under these circumstances, it's probably even more difficult. But as you look at the Mariners on the field in the first week, what are kind of your first impressions? I've been really, really pleased, especially with how our young players have played. And it's no secret that JP and Kalu have been out of their minds hot. Uh, Kyle Seeger, who's our notorious slow starter, is, is picking up like it's normal July and August right now, uh, which has been great to see. Uh, I think from the, the on-the-mound perspective, the stuff has been really good. Uh, the velocity has been up for a lot of guys like Graveman, uh, Kikuchi. Uh, and, you know, first time through the rotation wasn't great, I think mainly for the strike throwing, and it's been better, obviously, since we got to Anaheim and home, uh, which has been great to see the, the strikes come. And I think that's where you see the big difference is uh, the hitter's timing. If you throw strikes right now, the, the timing you can see is a little off around the league for hitters. They just haven't had the usual work into ABs and a full spring training like they normally would. You know, I'm curious, Justin. Gary, I'm going to ask you this question first because it ties in to what I'm going to ask Justin. I mean, as, as broadcasters, Gary, you know, we, we write numbers down in our scorebooks every day. Like, I always wonder, when am I going to start writing averages down, mm. whether it be batting average or on base or slug or OPS or anything? And I, I don't ever have a definitive time. Gary, when do you start writing averages yeah. into your scorebook? Yeah, I know it when I see it. That's <laughs> usually, <laughs> I seriously, that's usually when it is for me because I – it is easy to overreact, I, th I feel like, early in the season one way or another, whether a guy gets off to a really great start or a poor start. And how I always think about it is, I mean, two weeks in a baseball season, a usual baseball season, is not that long, and you can take any two-week stretch in any season and someone will have a, a great two weeks or, or a not-so-great two weeks. So it's a really good question. I, I don't have a specific date. Maybe I should. Maybe I should come up with a spe specific date, but that's kind of how I look at no, it. I, you know, I feel, I feel like whenever I start writing down hits per, like, 50 at-bats or something, when I like when mm. the at-bats get in that 50 neighborhood is uh -huh. when I probably start. But I'm with you. I don't have a specific time, so we'll pivot to Justin. Like, how, from the baseball ops perspective of things, Justin, do you guys – gauge early performance when you can't look at your normal data at least uh, the, the data that the most common baseball fan would look at in a box score in a newspaper or online 
you can't necessarily judge things based off of that because the size of the sa the sample size is just too small. When things stop moving by 100 points at a time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I look at it. The, the alternate answer is when Christian Yelich is hitting 037, uh, which I think is what's happening right now. Uh, I mean, it's you know you're, you're six, seven, eight games in. I think more what you're looking at are the the more traditional scouting ends, bat speed and velocity and strike throwing, pitch action. Uh, and then we have ways of quantifying that now, uh, which maybe the everyday fan doesn't get to see, but we do. Uh, and, and for us, it's, again, what's your approach like? Are you swinging at strikes? Are you throwing strikes? Are you locating where you want to? And it, and like Gary said, in any given two-week stretch, you would never notice if somebody went one for 20 or one for 15. When it's one for 15 to start, if people look up like, oh, my God, is this guy ever going to get a hit? <laughs> um, and it's just it's the only thing that's there. So you're kind of naked uh, uh, with just the 15 at-bats or 20 at-bats that you've gotten right now. Of course, that being said, that doesn't mean that I don't thoroughly enjoy a start like Kyle Lewis is having right now. It has been so much fun to watch in this first week. What has it been like for you to watch Kyle Lewis and what he's done? Thrilling. I mean, I, I think that this is probably a version of Kalu that most people haven't seen because he got injured so early in his career uh, and missed roughly two and a half full seasons, uh, almost three full seasons off and on with, with injuries and just battling and to see him moving around. And it, it was very evident early on in our summer camp how well he was feeling, how well he was moving. He made some changes with his swing. Uh, the contact is so loud. Uh, the movements are so effortless right now that and people forget what low training age uh, Kyle has just because he didn't have the experience that someone his age would normally have because he missed so much time. So you're, I think you're seeing someone blossom right before our eyes. It's been unbelievable. We're continuing our visit with Justin Hollander, Mariners Assistant General Manager. You know, Justin, I'm, well, Gary and I talk about this from time to time with Kyle and his double-A numbers because you know, prior to his September call-up last year, if, if you did not know the numbers you were looking at were those of Kyle Lewis, a Golden Spikes Award winner and a first-round draft pick and a guy who was billed as a future face of a franchise, you would say, this guy's going to get called up. I mean, the, the average wasn't particularly high. The slug was not especially high. He had only 11 home runs with Arkansas. But we've seen what he's done in the show, in the bright lights, and it's uh, incredible in so many ways. Uh, how do you and, and the rest of the baseball ops staff look at the Arkansas numbers, maybe not just for Kyle, but for any player that you have there in a pitcher-friendly ballpark and try to then project them going forward? It cannot be an easy thing to do. It's really, really hard. I think that's why we have to rely on our focus points in, in our player development manual, which are focused on are you making good swing decisions, are you hitting the ball hard? Uh, and I've, I've been affiliated with the Arkansas affiliate for a long time. They were the Angels affiliate when I worked for the Angels prior to coming to the Mariners. So I've seen a lot of good players get humbled by Arkansas. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike Trout was in Arkansas and didn't tear it up in Arkansas. He did on the road. Uh, you know, and guys who – Mark Trumbo, who was here with the Mariners and was an Angel beforehand, you know, didn't tear it up in that ball. It's just a tough, tough place to hit. And last year, I think I've shared this story before, Kyle Lewis, we have an internal metric that we keep, and he led the organization in our process uh, report last year. Good swing decisions and good contact, and his numbers, his surface numbers don't show it, and we sort of jokingly named, named Kalu last year the king of the five-star out. Uh, he just hit rockets <laughs> all over the field, and some combination of the big ballpark and just getting unlucky, um, you know, that happens, but we have to be better than that, and we have to judge our players in a more sophisticated way than that, and we were really confident that when he got up here, with a different baseball in a different park that uh, he would really take off. Maybe not to this degree, but we, we thought he was very unlucky and it would show better in the big leagues. Now, speaking of Arkansas, unfortunately, we don't have minor league baseball, obviously, this year, but we have Tacoma in action. Now, what can you tell us about 
what's happening in Tacoma and what you're trying to do with the guys there. So right now what we're trying to do is make up for lost time. Uh, and we're doing that in the best way we can, given the constraints we have, which is you only have 60 players in your player pool. Um, and the only thing you can really do uh, is simulate games the best you can. So the other day we had uh, one of our coaches, Lewis Boyd, playing second base. Uh, we had Chris <laughs> Grown, uh, our, our assistant to the director of player development, playing first base. Uh, and we had Rob Marcello, uh, one of our pitching coaches, playing left field because we just don't have enough position players to play a full game. But it's better than nothing. It's better than them sitting at home. So we're playing games. We're playing three to four games a week. Uh, they're competitive. I watched uh, Eric Swanson and Austin Shenton battle through a 17-pitch 17 at, 17 at bat the other day, which the whole – I mean, everyone there was clapping and cheering, and there was real energy in the park as the at-bat went on and on and on. And on the 17th pitch when Swanee struck him out, the whole place erupted as much as 30 people can erupt that were there. <laughs> um, and that's the kind of environment we're hoping to create. We'll do the best we can to make sure that – Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert and eventually Emerson Hancock and George Kirby get innings and at bats and experience uh, to help you know minimize the damage of the lost season and their developmental pass. We have a few minutes left with Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant general manager, kind enough to join us here on the magazine. Hey, you mentioned Emerson Hancock. We're going to hear from him coming up later in the program today. Can you give us a capsule, a snapshot as to what about him makes you guys so incredibly over the moon excited? Well, first, I think that uh, his teammates and the people around him have decided he's the nicest person they've ever met. <laughs> um, he's unbelievable as a, as a human being. Everyone loves him. Uh, that doesn't get you drafted six in the country, obviously. Uh, and that, that's talent and that's upside, and, and he's loaded with that. Uh, if you had told us a year ago at this time that he would have been available at six, we would have said there's absolutely no way. Uh, it's everything you could want in terms of a delivery, in terms of the way he moves, athleticism, um, very, very projectable still. Uh, in the way that you might think of a high school player being that projectable, there's still just a lot our HP high performance department thinks they can do with them on top of what is now stuff. It's it's mid to upper 90s fastball. It's it's two secondary pitches, uh, both of which we think are going to be average or better. And then his best weapon might be his changeup. Uh, we think there's real, real top of the rotation potential uh, with four real pitches and a, and a you know, strike throwing athleticism. Could not believe that our luck that he would have been there at six this year. Well, it's terrific fortune for the Mariners, and we've had a chance to interact with him a little bit. And you're right. He seems like the nicest guy, so that scouting report seems pretty true to form with uh, our brief interactions with him. Uh, Justin, man, it's great to visit with you. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Happy to set the table for JP today. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I took the walk like he's been doing. Outstanding. Well, we talked about that was great. Uh, it's always great to catch up with Justin Justin Hollander. And we talked about Kyle Lewis. We did not have a chance to talk much about J.P. Crawford. Shannon had a great conversation with J.P. Crawford, who's off to a sensational start this season. As you get into your season, obviously you put some good numbers up. You've had some really nice at-bats. What is it that you are most pleased to see with what you're doing at the plate and that you were able to take into the season from the offseason and the shutdown work that you did? Um, just honestly, my stuff before the game, before, you know, I start doing stuff, the stretching, the mobility stuff <clears throat> this year, I've been on top of that. And I think that's what's been helping me, um, just prepare for the game. We talked to you, uh, back in summer camp and you talked about your setup in, in the shutdown. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your hitting cage in Arizona. Uh, well, me and my fiance just bought a house at the end of last season and, our living room was still, you know, pretty empty. So I Amazoned a net and a tee, got a, got some baseballs from the facility to right there. 
and you know just watching the video and try to you know just look where I gone wrong and see where I could be more consistent and just try to be try to get back to where I used to you know just hit comfortably just look calm at the box and you know got the work so were you actually swinging the bat and hitting a ball off the tee in the living room or were you just taking kind of dry swings on that oh uh, no I was full on swinging in there <laughs> what were you hitting into it was a nut. It was a little batting nut, so got the job done. Uh, are you tempted to perhaps keep it like that? Oh, it's still set up the same way it was. <laughs> it's not moving nowhere. <laughs> was was there any negotiating that had to go on? It's like, hey, honey, I'm going to put a tee and a net in the living room. She actually helped me with uh, some stuff, too. She would hit me grounders in the backyard and, you know, put the balls on the tee sometimes if she was in a good mood and up for it. So, you know, I thank her a lot for that. You've got a great partnership there. That is fantastic. All right, so you are into the season right now, and last night, first game leadoff hitting. Did you get advanced notice on that, or did you come in and see your name at the top when you arrived? Yeah, I seen the lineup that day, and see, I was batting first. And, you know, I didn't think anything or my mentally changed. Just, you know, keep doing what you do and, you know, let the results play out. What is working with your approach right now? Um, honestly, just being calm and just not thinking too much. You know, I've always been a good hitter, and I, I this last couple of years, you know, I had a few miscues in my swing, didn't know what was wrong. But you know, this year I feel good and calm up there in the box, and you know, just hopefully continue to progress and have these good abs throughout the whole season. How did you correct what was going wrong with your swing? Uh, it was more just like a feel thing, you know, I was just looking at video and just tweaking around with it during this little pandemic time and, you know, shit started, stuff started clicking. This offense looks very different. It's great to see it early. What are you seeing from it? Oh, yeah, we're running the bases aggressively. I think last night we had three first and thirds, you know, we had a couple stolen bases and we continue to do that. You know, we're going to get our runs that way. You know, we don't have many, that many guys who get hit on runs in our lineup, so we got to manufacture runs some other ways. Hey, last night you also talked about the young guys, and you said something that I just thought was great. You said that some of them can't feel their legs or their feet right now in the box, and you've been there before, and you said you can see it. What are they feeling right now at the plate? Well, they're just excited. They're playing in the big leagues for the first time ever. You know, you look up to that for so long, and you step on that field, and you run between those lines, and everything shut. Like, you don't think no more. You're just energy, 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 boom, boom, boom. You know, I just started feeling comfortable this year. You know, it takes sometimes it takes longer, a longer time for others to get comfortable up there. So, you know, I'm happy for getting a chance right now to, you know, make stuff happen. Well, they got a great example in you, and it's neat that you're so close to where they are, yet you're taking off in your own right right now, too. JP, great game last night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 